Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is June 26th, 2020, and as I pointed out to Justin LaBar before we started, the year is almost halfway over, days away from being halfway through the year 2020, the 20th year of the 21st century. To which I responded with, just imagine what the second half of 2020 has for us. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, here with Justin LaBar. Matt Morgan is en route. He's navigating, surfing the web, navigating the intertubes. To find his way to this podcast. Soon the limousine will be seen pulling up and we'll cut to commercial and you'll know Matt Morgan's coming out of that limousine when we come back from commercial. I was thinking it was more like a Wreck-It Ralph situation. <laughs> and he was sort of having to just travel through. He was, He's on Wacky Misadventures with like a, a plucky young sidekick. Think of all the hijinks and shenanigans and the laughs they're having. Wouldn't you be the sidekick though? Uh, not in this scenario. <laughs> okay. Not in this scenario. Wreck-It right. Ralph, underrated film. Very charming. Did you see the Wreck-It Ralph? No. Really? No. I'm surprised. I th- th- think you get a kick out of it. Anyhow, uh, let's get some news out of the way whilst we wait for Mr. Morgan. Yeah, a, a lot of news. Uh, so real quick, again, uh, as we've been doing with the speaking out, not going to go great depth. We'll just give you the headline of it. You can certainly read more about it on Wrestling Inc. Uh, two NXT UK talents have been officially released. This stemming from the allegations um, of sexual misconduct. Uh, Travis Banks, he was one of them. And the other one, um, I, don't even, I, feel, I don't even know how to pronounce Legaro, uh, Legaro, the, the hell with it. He's gone. Um, so those two have been cut from NXT UK, so you can read about that on Wrestling Inc. Uh, Wrestling Inc. had a big exclusive. Uh, we've had a couple exclusives. Uh, we'll, we'll do the first one dealing with uh, COVID-19. Uh, we... Uh, wrestling got an email from a developmental talent that is there at the PC has been there at the PC. Uh, we did get permission from this talent, uh, to, uh, publish the letter, uh, publish the email. I'm not going to read all of it. It's pretty lengthy. Again, go to wrestling Inc. It's, it's, it's right up top right now listed as, as one of the exclusives. So you can read word for word, uh, but basically to sum up some of it, it talks about the conditions. Uh, being in the, in the PC, it talks about how WWE saying they're forbidden uh, to, to make any statements if you do happen to test positive, and that it needs to that, that their PR team will handle, and only those who need to know will know. Uh, so basically, not not liking that you know some of these WWE people are coming out already and on their own volition, um, 
talking about testing positive, you know, talks about again the, the conditions, the scheduling it's been. Uh, makes note about Kevin Dunn and, and and not and Kevin Dunn's not a fan of people wearing masks uh, on on camera. Uh, those people in the crowd. Uh, I will quote this particular. Um, this particular paragraph will read word for word. In closing, I would like to give you some information on our medical screening process, as most have been calling it a questionnaire. One of the questions asked is, have we done anything that would put ourselves at risk for contracting COVID-19? That includes being around large gatherings of people and not wearing masks when it, where it's suggested we do, where we do so. Some have attended packed beaches, parties, and recently opened amusement parks here in Florida. They know better than to post pictures on their social media accounts as they shouldn't be attending these locations in the first place. They'll talk about where they've gone, but won't mention it when it comes to be time to be screened. Uh, it's very unfortunate that WWE puts business first and health and safety of everyone second. We will come together. I cannot say the same thing about WWE management. The train is not only off the tracks, but has gone over the cliff and in a blaze of glory. So, um, that, Mr. Rubenstein, uh, a little insight into to the minds of a, of, of a talent that is there in the PC during these crazy situations. And what are we hearing now? It's it's like could be as high as 30 people that have uh, been infected. Yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah, the number continues to grow. I mean, in terms of people who have gone public, Renee Young, Caleb Braxton twice. Caleb Braxton said she got it in March and got it again. Um, Adam Pierce, who's behind the scenes producer, I believe Jamie Noble also. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that has publicly gone out from WWE and said so. Uh, but you know, the, 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 you can start to do some process of elimination and speculate who else because tonight's SmackDown, as yeah. we get to, was with the skeleton crew. We basically could count uh, how many people they had available talent wise. Um, and so you can start to draw conclusions of who, who, who might be having it. So they ended up doing just SmackDown today, they wanted to do both SmackDown and Raw. Apparently, they're going to try to do Raw tomorrow. They're still waiting or are not happy with some of the results they're getting from certain talents in the testing. So, <laughs> tomorrow. Which is weird to say. They're not. Well, they'll study harder and they'll get a better score. It's like summer school. We yeah, just I'm need not, a montage, some studying. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Adventures. Yeah, I'm know? not. I'm not sure what they expect to come. I, I don't know. Uh, but that was big news in terms of that exclusive. Um, and again, you can read the full letter uh, on Wrestling Inc. Uh, we have some impact news. Uh, we oh. don't talk. We don't talk about impact uh, too much, uh, but they are making the, the headlines to, to talk about first. Um, this one happening last night. This one really caught everybody off guard. Now, if you hear, unfortunately, if you hear right now that a talent has been fired from a wrestling company, uh, you tend to you might that, speculate right. Yeah, you, you might speculate of, of why that would be. But this apparently coming you know, not quite as not 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 quite what you'd think. Um, so Impact Wrestling, they've had their world champion uh, for the bulk of I believe this 2020, and I'm talking about their world champion, the world title that the men traditionally competed for. The world champion has been female Tessa Blanchard. Uh, she you know, got involved in and uh, having some intergender matches. She I believe, I believe she beat Sammy Callahan for it, and it's it, it was controversial when it happens, and it got some buzz, and that's where we're at. Well, of course, Impact now, mind you here, they are inside to set this up. They are less than a month away from Slammiversary. Big pay-per-view next month. Um, they're, they're, they've been teasing that maybe some re- recently released WWE talents might appear, and Tessa was going to be part of, of a big uh, four-way uh, for the world title, defending her world title. So inside of a month of that, mind you, and last night it gets, gets reported first by PW Insider that Impact terminated their contract with Tessa and then, of course, by proxy stripped her of the world title. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of things going on. PW Insider, of course, first reported it. Uh, we're hearing a lot of things. Uh, Fightful uh, jumped in and, and, and was able to clarify that her t- contract was actually going to be up 
on June 30th, but it seems both sides just have not been on the same page, Glenn, to the point of she has um, she's not been at any of the empty arena taping. She's apparently been yeah. in Mexico this whole time due to the pandemic pandemic. But they have even said, like, can you uh, the, or so the report goes here that they've, they've asked her, can you can you film something with your phone, send some promo, just some stuff that we can just keep, 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 keep you on the screen. And apparently that hasn't happened. So that's just probably a very surface level of the story, but the two sides just not on the same place. And then they feel they're going to move on without her and they've, they've cut her. So uh, she's gone and also an impact. Um, this one coming from Fightful, uh, from Fightful Select, Michael Elgin and Sammy Callahan were reportedly involved in a physical altercation at a recent impact taping in Nashville to the point of where they got physical that they had to be broken up. And it was an over a disagreement of how a match should be booked. Um, and they ended up having to be physically uh, separated. And Michael Elgin also, he had been subject of some allegations in the speaking out movement. Impact came out and said, their wording was interesting. Impact said he's no longer going to appear on Impact TV. They did not use the word terminate like they did with Tessa. They did not use any words that would traditionally be uh, uh, associated with firing. So it's unclear if he's actually really been released or if they're just Hmm. suspending and taking him off TV. Um, but they, but they, they, it seems they chose their wording in a particular way. Uh, so that's your impact news. Um, another exclusive. Uh, oh. actually, I'll, actually, I'll say the exclusive last. We'll, we'll do. Uh, actually, okay. we'll, no, we'll do the exclusive. No, well, well it's, you know, I've uh, been informed Matt Morgan is making his way through the internet. Uh, okay. He just won the big race and defeated King Candy, and uh, his journey is complete. And now he has made it here to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. There he is, King King Candy. I was comparing your journey to Wreck-It Ralph. You were navigating your way through the intertubes to get to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. <laughs> so we got a lot to live up to, guys, because we've got lots of we had a lot of good uh, response to our last podcast. I would definitely <laughs> put our last podcast as a definite top five that we've done. I think at this point, is Raj on any top five podcasts at this point? No, hell no. No, <laughs> good Lord, no. I will say, yes, the one that I wasn't on, everyone oh. responded really well to when he was NWO, Raj. Yeah. That's me uh, baby-facing him instead of calling him a different type of Raj. <laughs> Eddie Brady. We miss you, can't, You can't say that word. Uh, uh, in, yeah. Uh, so, tonight's SmackDown. It's tough. I, I like the Undertaker stuff. Um, you know, if times were different, they might as well have just had a SmackDown dance party tonight. It would have been more entertaining and relevant than a lot of what we saw on the air. Yes, I agree. Uh, happy for Nikki Cross. I think that's a good opportunity. Her versus Bailey. I think this could be a turning point for her character. Um, but what did you think, Matt? I mean, choosing to essentially show, you know, bits and pieces of the Undertaker Last Ride documentary, uh, shows yeah. the Boneyard match with AJ. I yeah. mean, this is good stuff, but is this yes. what people tune in for on a weekly ah. basis? I okay. So for the super fans that you know, the ones that you always hear wrestlers once they retire, they have their own podcast. Not like me in this one, by the way. But they always say we're always going to get those fans, no matter what. They're always going to watch our show, no matter what. Um, so for those fans, the base, um, maybe not because they've seen it. They probably have the network, so they've seen all this. But if I'm on Fox and I want to get new viewers, why would you not want to show that? In fact, I've said during this pandemic they should be showing some stuff from the network that's pretty damn cool. 
um, that it doesn't get much cooler than the Undertaker's last ride. Um, and then the Boneyard match was awesome. So I, I thought that was smart on their part. This was my company. I would do that. But when it comes to those viewers and the low ratings, uh, at a certain point, don't you just have to wonder, base, how low can you go? Um, I <laughs> thought that it was good uh, no, to see. No, <laughs> no. What? I was just, wait. We're not strolling past that. Let's rewind that. <laughs> what was the rest of it? Base, hello, can you go? What was the rest of Death it? Death Row, what a brother know. Once again, back, it's the incredible, the rhyme animal, the uncanny, uh, incredible, some, I can't, kill D, public enemy, number one, five O's hit freeze, Damn. and I got none. I do that, with their version of Bring the Rose with Anthrax, that was like oh, my dude, that, jam that entire so year. So good. Yeah. Like, oh my God, yes. Yes. So good. So good. That was like the birth of, of rap rock. Like yeah, that song. it was a great mix, wasn't it? It so was a great. really perfect mix. Absolutely. Uh, wow, Natalie, twenty dollars. Natalie, what are you doing? Listen, usually listen to the pod at work. Just want to send you all some love. You guys take care. Thank you so much. Natalie. Oh, she, she wrote. Hey, Nat, you wrote us on uh, Twitter. I saw as well saying yeah. something similar. Thank you for the love. Thank you so much. Seriously, and let me tell you, it's like nights like tonight. I mean, remind me this whole this whole period for me has been such uh, like a reawakening of why we do this show. You know, oh, yeah. I want to hang out with you guys. I want to hang out with the audience. I think wrestling taking a dip has like really shown me how secondary wrestling is to this podcast and what makes it so special. Because even on yeah. a bad, when they have a bad show, we can have a good show. We can have a great show. 100%. Yeah. So thank you, Natalie. Um, so... Uh, Steve Marcuccielli, two ninety nine, is saying WrestleMania Charlotte versus Tessa. Perhaps I wouldn't bet on that. Really quick, wh yeah. wh why did Tessa leave TNA? Why is she done there? She wasn't they, participating. Essentially, they, they, yeah. they fired her last night uh, and they stripped her of the world title because it, it, we it, the fightful fightful's report fightful selects report is um you know she's been in Mexico this whole time and that basically. Um, they've wanted her to film some promos, just, just film stuff with their phone, send it to us. And she's just been very, she hasn't, um, there's probably more to it, but it seems like she, her and our <laughs> management aren't on the same page and her, her contract was going to be up, uh, All right. June so 30th. Yeah, All right, so, so here's, gone. so shame on them because WWE, I would imagine would sweep her up, right? No, 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 oh, well, just kidding. I don't think so. Yeah. Just kidding then. I didn't mean that then. By the way, I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, the lyric is uncannibal. It's the uncannibal D. I thought I misheard that. That's really what he says. The uncannibal D. Public enemy number one. I'm impressed. Meaning that he refuses he to eat people? He can't. No, no. Uh, like, he can't be canned. Like, he can't be fired. You can't, like, Ew. put him in the box. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is pretty good. Chuck that D. Is. Chuck D does not get enough credit as a lyricist. Uh, anyhow, who did get a lot of credit tonight, The Undertaker. Yes. Um, the thank you taker having the uh, as, as Justin put it, the skeleton crew of talent out there. I thought that was a little awkward, a little awkward of an opening tonight. Uh, warranted all respect to Undertaker, but it felt like an awkward way to start the show. Why? I mean, it was like, uh, Matt, you've we've talked about this before. You're not a big fan of the curtain calls, the like everybody comes out, we raise someone, you know what I mean? It felt a little like that, like, here's the cast of tonight's show. Like yeah. they should have played the overture before, you know, and then I had yeah. everyone come out and do a big musical number. It just felt a little staged for lack of a better word. What was worse? Do you feel this was, or do you think what Hunter's was? Oh, for, uh, for when which Vince kept, when Vince came out, then like Shawn Michaels, first of all, Shawn Michaels came out. 
I like I like that. That was a train wreck, but I was entertained. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, this this was. I mean, and you, if you really go back and uh, if you rewind and watch the opening here, you can see some talents like doing their best to be into it and and, and really showing their love for Taker, and then and then others you can tell just like they show Cesaro and Nakamura who are doing the smallest like sarcastic golf clap, and I don't think it was out of disrespect to Taker. I just think it was like for all we're hearing behind the scenes, I just think that they were probably just over being there and were just tired in the first place. But it, so that just, that immediately kind of killed the mood when I, when I see that, I see like them being forced to like look enthusiastic and not doing so. I've been guilty of that before. Matt, you can abstain from answering this. Cause I know you go to a lot of public events. No, Matt, I'm sure you're a hundred percent clapper. Every time you give it your yeah. all me. Yes, I've I had do. to go to like my niece's dance recital and you sit through all those kids and everyone's clapping for everything. Sometimes I'll just mimic the clap. I'll sit there and just pretend I'm clapping because I don't want to I don't want to expend the energy of my hands hitting one another. Yeah, it just it, after a while, it just I get tired. See my wrestling hands, folks? You see how that doesn't straighten out? Those are wrestling hands right yes. there. Look at that pinky. But I, I want to be seen as a participant, but sometimes I don't want to participate. I feel I feel pressured into clapping along. <laughs> Glad. You can't do it. You can't go to like a child's thing and be like, I'm only clapping for the kid I'm here for. No, that's why you got to clap for everybody. I, yeah, I know. My, my son, I go bananas for everything. He like he, 25,000 times a day, I feel I clap for him because he understands that response. Right? Yeah. He, get, he gets it. So like I have since then, I found myself like at all these, like you said, public events and just my hands are so blistered from clapping. But yeah, seriously, because people... You know what I mean? I don't feel they clap loud enough sometimes. Well, with you, Jesus, with with those big meat paws there, like when you're ah, slapping those paws. together. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, you know, the, the wrist, I'm definitely going to kill some flies by not on purpose with these. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you 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 probably produce like like the 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 decibels of of 10 regular size hands clapping Clappers, against one yeah. another. Yeah. They need you. You're like the clutch player. You're the clutch clapper. <laughs> Matt Morgan, the MVP of every crowd that he's in. Uh, anyhow, uh, so that was the opening tonight, and uh, we saw some of the talking head stuff. We saw the Boneyard match. Um, it was weird seeing it with commercials. I didn't like how it broke up the flow. Yeah, and that's what that's what I noticed is like obviously that when it was shot, obviously it was not shot ever intended to be airing with commercials because there's like no natural stopping right. place. So like they'd have like Taker walking, getting ready to do something cool to AJ, and they cut to commercial, and you're like, what was that? So. But otherwise, it was still cool to watch. Again, it's a good match. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you this: I'd rather, I'd rather them, as we've been saying, put some old stuff. I'd rather them show something really cool like that versus putting out a, a bunch of stuff that's irrelevant or, or poor quality live, like out in the ring that has, that makes no sense. So I don't know. I'm fine with that occupying the first hour. Um, Jeff Hardy was backstage with Sarah Schreiber. Uh, was putting the Undertaker over, talking about him being a mentor and teacher to him if on WWE's Mount Rushmore. Taker would have all four fa- uh, faces, and uh, we had this Corbin promo that happened right before that, where Corbin went out there and called Taker a selfish son of a bee for holding other talent down so long. Tired about the Legends superstars. Actually, I thought this was a bold choice um, to have Hardy be the one that like defends Taker's honor. I thought was. An interesting. Well, it was like kind of an interesting surrogate, right? Like they, they, someone had to go in there. It wasn't going to be Undertaker. If Undertaker had shown up, so here's the thing. Don't yeah. you remember Taker put Jeff Hardy over humongously? I wish they showed that tonight. I wish they showed yeah. the clip in that ladder match 
He made Jeff Hardy, even though they he beat Jeff it. Hardy. But yeah. Jeff Hardy almost won the title that night. He was like a like this close to grabbing the title belt, climbing the ladder. It was it was really really well done, and Jeff got super over as a singles act that night. He did, and they did talk about it, and it was featured, I think, in the last uh, chapter. They showed it. No, it was. It, they talked about it, and it was featured in the last chapter yeah. of the Undertaker's documentary. Uh, that just came out this past week, uh, the, the last rides. But so, I mean, yeah, Matt's right. Matt, Jeff made the most sense. And look, we saw we saw everybody they had to work with. So the only other male baby faces that could that could be the baby faces to, to cut into that Baron Corbin promo would have been would have been the New Day or or Lucha House Party or Matt Riddle, and none of them have any connection to to take. But, but the main hook here is he didn't hold young talent down, and Jeff Hardy is hmm. proof of that. And that's what he was defending, is the way I saw that. Yes, and that's I, I think that, that's a that's a great point. Um, so it worked out that they had Jeff to do that for him. I kept thinking though, because he kept because Baron kept mocking Taker all night and a backstage. Then he's mocking him out in the out in the match. I was like, all right, Taker's not there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just play a gong just to distract yeah. Corbin, so Jeff can get a win or something. That's what I thought though. The ending was going to be when Corbin was out there. Uh, Corbin yeah, was out too. there dissing Taker. I thought we'd hear the gong and then they would literally have Baron like pee his pants. I thought Taker would be there and choke Sam. I thought it might, be, but secondly, I thought they would do something like that, like have Corbin look get to be the the butt of the joke, you know. Yep. Uh, Danielson saying Hardy should inherit the Taker persona. Uh, that is a what? No, Danielson, come on. Remember Daniel when son. Bray and the Wyatt family kidnapped Undertaker and said like they had his no. spirit? No, let's go back to this. Yeah, we're very good to our fans, but we've also got to be like, come on, brother, what are you talking about? Really? <laughs> Hardy should be the, the take the taker percent. Come on, man. I don't see any of the super chat money, Daniel, but you should pay a dollar ninety nine to apologize for that idea. Come on, Daniel, son. <laughs> you're better than that. You you have to be better than that. Come on. Nobody could pull that off, the Undertaker persona. No way. You know, and think about it. If today somebody were to do that, we'd be like, yeah, right. Like if Undertaker strolled out what he was wearing back in ninety two, we'd be like, yeah, this ain't gonna get over. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really crazy how, how well he did with his character. Yeah. Um, so, Matt, to what you're saying, I think it makes sense. I think maybe they didn't make that obvious uh, No. They enough. should have made it way more. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. But but regardless, though, Corbin versus Jeff Hardy yeah. is not a match that people are tuning in for. I agree. I but think they're they were doing the best fan- they can. If there were fans there, I think it'd be a very different story as far as the live audience would be into it. Yeah. They hate, they hate Corbin so much live. And they love them some Jeff Hardy, especially entrance music, live. Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at this. Okay. Um, so after that... We had a number one contender's fatal four-way for the SmackDown Women's title, Alexa Bliss versus Nikki Cross versus Dana Brooke versus Lacey Evans, uh, Bailey and Sasha on commentary. And I'm surprised that Nikki Cross got the win here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But she's just going to be fodder for Bailey. This is just to put Bailey over strong, in my opinion. Yeah, um, you know Dana Brooke and Lacey Evans were kind of the two that you would think would win, but but then when you sit and think like, okay, they, they, if Dana Brooke or Lacey Evans were going to get the shot, that would be probably for them to take the title, and they're not going to take the title from Bailey right now. Bailey's Lacey, holding, Lacey yeah, should have, yeah, should've. but but Bailey's holding on to that obviously until she has a, a showdown with Sasha. So, um, yeah, if Dana had won tonight, my thought would have been Dana has to win the title, 
That'd be at cool. this point, or else, or else it's the most predictable match. Like they need to do a big upset. So that's why this is so predictable. Like yeah. Bailey's gonna go right through her, right? Unless, Everybody's yeah. waiting for. I mean, like we we thought Sasha was gonna challenge Bailey in the way she did her promo last week, or whatever. Where she's like, I'm challenging for a title, and then she revealed that she's gonna challenge Asuka um, on, on on Monday. So it's like the, we know the inevitable Bailey. Yeah, we so we know the inevitable is Bailey versus Sasha. So yeah, so anybody Bailey faces between now and then. Like Matt said, fodder. Um, but you know, you know what's weird though. So Extreme Rules—they've <laughs> added a subtitle to mm-hmm. the title of Extreme Rules. What is it, Justin? The Horror Show. And what's that all about? Well, funny you should ask, Matt. Commentary on today's times? No, no, it's not. What is it, Justin? Uh, yeah. So as we would come <laughs> to as we come to see here shortly, uh, when Bray makes his promo, and you could have read about this before watching SmackDown, we had exclusive news today on WrestlingInc.com about the next cinematic match WWE's going to do, and it's going to be for Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt for the Universal Championship um, uh, at at Extreme Rules: The Horror Show. Uh, you can read full details on Wrestling Inc., but basically it talks about how they are going to, it, this is going to be maybe somewhat similar to a Boneyard match in, some, in the tense of they're going to go to a, an all-side location that's going to be dressed up like Bray Wyatt, the Swamp and such. And swamp match. Jeremy Borash and a lot of the same, Triple H, a lot of the same people that were involved in the filming of Boneyard, they're going to be um, uh, close to this production. It's going to be an overnight production, just again like the Boneyard match was. So, um so that's what you can expect, and there's more specific details you can read on Wrestling Inc., but you can expect that between Braun and Bray uh, at Extreme Rules Horror Show. There you have it. Um, so, oh, so here's the interesting thing about this, though. Nikki Cross and her legacy character versus who she is now. I mean, it's a shame they can't undo all the softening of her that they've done with her and Alexa Bliss, because Nikki Cross, in a pay-per-view called The Horror Show... Yeah, right. I mean, it seems like that would be a good fit. You could do something interesting with that. Okay, all she's gonna do is bite the rope. The second rope. <laughs> Whoop! Whoopie do. <laughs> By the way, it looked like Nikki Cross forgot her, her forgot her ring gear tonight. She wasn't in her normal. She was in like black yoga pants and a black tank top. She was. <laughs> she wasn't wearing her. Uh, she wasn't wearing her normal. I don't know. She must have forgot something. I, don't know. I think at this point, man, do whatever's comfortable. You know, literally 99% of our country wears yoga pants, by the way. That's true. My wife, as we speak, is rocking them right now. She's getting pissed out of there. <laughs> I've never worn yoga pants, but I have to admit, I'm curious. <laughs> they do look quite comfortable. I wear them under my shorts when I'm in the gym. Oh, there you go. On leg day. <clears throat> Not yoga pants. Really, the same thing at the end of the day, like, like those, yeah, like those compression, like those, like those compression pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do yoga, but I don't own the pants for it. Um, Glenn, I don't want to. I would speak for all of us. I don't want to see you in yoga pants. I, that, that's for me. <laughs> that's for me and my wife and my five cats. That's not for the world, Justin. The La barbarians want no part of your yoga pants oh, wearing ass. <laughs> 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 Hashtag the barbarians. Read it on the screen. Uh, William Snipes, Buck 99. Good luck on the election, Matt. Congrats to Justin also. Um, yes, thanks, William. Antoine Fair with two super chats of $5 each to say for all the super chatters. Here, let me get this. We apologize for Daniel and his bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> for <him. laughs> yes. 
Good one, Antoine. And Nate Erickson, $10 super chat. My seven-year-old Macy has to hear you guys every pod because of me. So therefore, she's a young yet longtime listener. She's here and was wondering if you could give her a shout out. Thanks, Wink Dream Team. Macy, you are a trooper. Uh, You're doing great by your dad hanging out while he listens to this podcast. Thank you for your support. That was, yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> what do you got, Labar? What do you got for Macy here? Go. Macy, I dub you officially the youngest member of the Labar Barians Nation. <gasps> I got to follow that. Oh, follow it, Morgan. Me. You got to be kidding me. I got nothing. No. Wow. <laughs> Macy. Start stuttering. I'm, Start stuttering. Macy, how badly do you want to be doing anything in the world right now than listening and watching this train wreck that we call a podcast right now? Uh, while we have you guys on here, Macy, do you know who Raj Gary is? <laughs> Whatever you do, that should never be a role model. Never look up to Raj Gary. Rest of us, meh. Raj is enjoying uh, his Friday night at home alone with a bottle of expensive wine while uh, us schmucks are here doing the podcast and making money for him. He's at the country club smoking a cigar, laughing up. What is he listening to, though, uh, Glenn, in the background? Uh, The Weeknd, that blinding light song that he likes so much. (laughs) And I can say... I, I like to believe Raj knows no other current music. He's just got one song. And when it comes on everywhere, I absolutely believe Raj Gary's the type of guy, if you get two drinks in him, will yell out, that's my jam, and get up and start <laughs> dancing. <laughs> and, Nate, you're very lucky since you have your daughter with you that that, 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 is, that is not Friday Night Raj on here tonight. That's not the kind not of uh, influence not you need. Not safe for kids. Yeah, not, yeah, not safe for kids. Right? I, bet you G- she, I bet you may see seen Goonies, though, for the record. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I mean, we were like what eight or nine when Goonies came out, but oh my god, I love that movie so much as a kid. So good, so good. Uh, MJB and the P2B four ninety nine. I would love to see Sting versus Undertaker as a last match, or Sting versus Brock Lesnar. Sting versus Taker. I still think that could happen. That could cinematic match, definitely. Yeah, that could happen. Yeah, you know, I mean, Taker's saying that, he, you know, the, the, coming out of that documentary, he's saying he's done. And if he is done, certainly that Boneyard match and the way he rode off on the bike, that was a great, that's, that's, a, great, that's a great visual way to go out. It is. But I just, I mean, it, I just wonder if they, if they somehow have any capacity of fans by November, November 22nd, which just coincidentally, I just know the date really well because it's my birthday, but November 22nd is what Survivor Series is. And that's 30 years to the date that he made his debut in 1990. So I just feel like there's something so, you know, the, the exact, the exact 30 years to the date, the exact same show of Survivor Series. I just still wonder if right. like, they wouldn't have planned to do something there for him, if there's fans. Chat room. Have you ever noticed how serious Justin LaBarbarian gets every time he talks about this? Every show he brings it up, how he thinks that every show. Undertaker, Undertaker is going to come back as Survivor Series. And I just think it makes perfect sense. And here's why I think it makes perfect sense. You're so serious about it. He's well, and- not coming back. Fine. <laughs> Life. Seriously, you said it at the beginning. You said it the right way. There's no better send off. Yeah, I'm. I'm just pointing out we're, we have. We're being selfish. Hmm. Seriously, why can't the guy just? You know, he's got I, no kids. I, no, I didn't stuff. say he. Like, I didn't. Just, I, I didn't say he couldn't. I'm just saying, from all that we saw of how passionate he is about the business, I, I do. I would have to believe that if he had an opportunity to be able to go out in front of fans, obviously he didn't know how this pan. You know, For we didn't sure. know. You know, I that's what I'm saying. You'd want to see that, yeah. The problem you know. is, he'll never top, in my opinion, an in ring match will never top that uh, boneyard. No way. Yeah. 
and and you're and that's probably a very relevant factor. And we saw the vicious cycle told in that story. I just I just like I said, the date, everything, and and it's in Texas. And so average is in Texas, oh by the way, it's in Dallas. So oh. it's like right there by his. Ta- it, it's so it, there's just so many factors. I can't help but think that you know a year ago, whenever they booked the arena and the date and everything for Survivor Series, I can't help but think that maybe that there was some conversation between he and Vince. Again, if Survivor Series come this November is still Would like with these. It? What's that? Do you think they would have shown it to us in the documentary, though? Maybe? No? I don't know. I, I don't. I think they decided... I, I don't think that they necessarily decided to have that documentary come out when it did. I think that was a result of, hey, we need programming for the network because we're in a pandemic. You know, that... Oh, that really? They fast-forwarded it, if you remember, like the Jordan uh, uh, Bulls one. That's what, to my understanding... Yeah. When they saw what they were doing with that and, and up the uh, release date for it... They- the Taker one, they did the same thing with. Right, but even that last chapter of the Taker thing, they had filmed after Mania. They filmed all that stuff mostly in April this past year. So, like, they could have, yeah. in, in a different oh, yeah. world, yeah. That, you know, they could have, right. you know, so, that, so you know, he's saying now that he's done, and maybe he's saying he's done because he does realize, okay, uh, I want to be a dad. It looks like we're not going to have fans for a while, so let's just go out like this. But I just have to believe that pre-pandemic, when they booked and made Survivor Series the date that it was, I have to think there's at least some conversation and location in Texas between Vince and Taker of, you know, yeah. there could be something cool to do here. With fans, well, obviously. Plus, it's wrestling. I mean, if Motley Crue three years ago could say we're doing a farewell tour and signing a contract saying we'll never play together again, and then a few years later announce that tour with Def Leppard and Poison, um, I think uh, wrestling certainly has even looser rules than uh, rock and roll when it comes to people's pledges, especially when they talk about retirement. Yeah, I mean, yep. HBK had a beautiful send-off, obviously, with Taker. And then he actually does come back you know, last year at Saudi or whatever it is for what what ended up being a train wreck. Uh, but like I we, was gonna say, he was good with his retirement though. He was pretty good. He, he was done. Done. I thought I was okay with that. Yeah, but uh, that's what I mean. It was such a great retirement, and he was done. And he was happy, and then I'm still surprised that he decided to come do that Saudi tag team for them. You know, I don't know. I it's just... think because it was a tag team, he I think he can get away with pretend. I don't know that he didn't really come out of retirement. I don't know. Yeah, yeah five. that's that's most people's reaction. We kind of gloss over and say, "Oh, Sean's still retired." That didn't count. Yes, you know? yes. Uh, wrestling enthusiast Buck ninety nine Matt, are compression shorts helpful for working out? Wow, you spent Buck ninety nine on that, huh? <laughs> um, huh? Yes, yes. Because obviously they, it's like being warmed up without having to stretch and warm up. If that makes sense. It helps uh, compress your uh, muscles to create your vessels tighter. Therefore, you get blood, uh, better blood flow, which is what you really want when you're working out that particular body part. Yeah. Steve Marcuccioli, Buck99. Matt, have you ever gone to a WWE Hall of Fame weekend? Have I? Yes. Yes, I have. Uh, who was inducted at mine? Dang it. Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura, was the uh, Pete Rose. Um, who else? It was a bunch. We had like, 50, like 12 people they inducted. God dang it. What year was it? 2003? 2003, I'm thinking. E- 2004. Hmm. There you go. How was the experience? Oh, it was cool to have my wife come to something like that, right? Um, very long night, though. Incredibly long night. That night I was very jealous of Undertaker, who didn't have to go. Uh, Antoine Fair, I don't fully get this. Uh, says uh, five dollars, Justin. If you keep pushing the barbarians, uh, I will become a glenocrated member. <laughs> See what I did there, glenocrated. 
What am I missing? What's the play? I don't know. I don't know. I apologize. There's a word that we don't get. I know. I feel like I need to brush up on my vocabulary. Um, Jualit Barwani, $5 Canadian. They could always have Undertaker come out and say thank you and goodbye at Survivor Series. Okay. And not have a match and get a send off from the roster. If it's if, if if they have fans, I think that we could see something like that. Yes, because I think I think he yeah. would like to have that interaction with the fans. Yeah. So I don't want to gloss over this because this was not commented on, and I swear to God, this was my favorite part of SmackDown tonight. Backstage, we saw the New Day, Miz and Morrison, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, and there was Lucha House Party, and one of them had the other one on his shoulders, and the one on top was wearing a trench coat, like when two kids would get on each other's shoulders and wear a trench coat and sneak into the movies, like as a grown-up. <laughs> nobody's ever really done that. That's some different strokes, maybe, but in real life, nobody's done that. I know, but they did it tonight with the luchadors, and I was like, this right. is... Again, they said nothing about it. This was just like a moment, and that was it, not comments on nothing. I, I agree. That was some serious... Uh... Oh, come on, Scooby Doo. Yeah, very Scooby Doo. Yeah, that was pretty good. I agree. I agree. Yeah, uh, more of that, please. Um, oh, Antoine <laughs> Fair saying like uh, like Democrat, Glenocrat. Okay, I get it. I get it. It was the crated part that, that did enter my head. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I don't. So I don't want to infer correctly. Uh, Nate Monroe, Buck Donnie, saying fans would end up making him stay longer, probably. Oh, oh, Undertaker. Yeah, if there were still fans, Undertaker probably would have kept going longer, which is weird because I actually think that's the worst scenario that uh, he shouldn't be doing matches live. Well, and that's what that's what the irony is. The no fans is what forced them to enter the cinematic uh, territory, and that's a territory as we talked about that Undertaker could do several more years at when he has stunt. Anything. You can when yeah. you do stunts and stunt doubles and. Same with Sting. That's why, I, I mean, that uh, could be cool. Him versus Sting in a cinematic match. They'd finally be able to do it. And I know that's something Sting always wanted, but I don't know about Undertaker. So Lucha House Party in the New Day won this four, or uh, yeah, I guess this four on four tag match. Great match. Great spots. It was really good. But what was the point of this? It was just those are the healthy people they had, and they just did it. <laughs> that's literally that, that, that's literally what it. Is. They they operated SmackDown tonight with guys and girls talent wise. They did it. It was between twenty and twenty five talents, and we saw all of them tonight. Uh, that's so that's just what it was. It was just a, a match of hey, go do some cool spots, do you know, make it entertaining, and it was. They, they killed three segments with it. You know. Yeah. Um. So Braun Strowman came out, took the mic, told a story about Bray Wyatt. Built up this match, uh, talked about the Swamp. There were flashbacks. Uh, and, yeah, it's going to be a Swamp match at Extreme Rules. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the main event, King Baron Corbin versus Jeff Hardy. Pretty lengthy match. Uh, I think the match was actually pretty good. Uh, regardless the, the, of the, ra- the rating yeah. for it, I, I'm predicting, will be terrible. Yeah, like... If I were doing this podcast, man, I don't know that I would have made it to the end of tonight's show. Yeah, it was basically a lumberjack match, and then all the babies got in and got got some shots on Corbin. And... Yeah, and then they had the four corners. They had uh, Matt Riddle and Big E. 
Um, I mean, and the thank you taker uh, chance at the end. This this was weird. I mean, I think we've seen some of the weirdest episodes of WWE programming the last couple of months. This tonight was. Uh, yeah, of course. I, Look what we're dealing with. I right know. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't envy. I mean, they they plan today to do both Raw and SmackDown this afternoon, and they they, you know, they just got SmackDown done in time, and they're going to try to do Raw tomorrow. I mean, it's I don't I don't envy Bruce Pritchard and these people having to day to day put try to put these shows together, and it's just you know I understand they got the, the you know the mindset that we've heard from Vince of that they got to keep producing TV to honor their TV contracts, but it's like. You're, you're, the, the quality is going to suffer because you can't consistently push or, or do a story when when you got we have to worry about the health of your. I don't know. Yeah, this is it's rough. It's rough. But I'll be interested if if the, if the viewership for the first hour, which was solely the Boneyard match, basically, if the viewership for the first hour is better than the second hour, which it probably will. I wonder at some point if you know. I don't know. I don't know if Vince can call the USA, call Fox, and say, "Look, we have a wealth of great archives." Uh, and, and we're playing yes, Rumble. Yes, he could. Yeah, you know, yes, can he we could do that? Yeah. All could. they care about is ratings. If this does something for their ratings, that's all they're going to care about. Yeah. So if, if this does better, if this, if this first hour does better than the second, maybe it'll be a, a step closer to him saying, look, let's show some Attitude Era stuff. Let's show some old Rumbles, old Manias, old Taker stuff, whatever. Let's yep. show some stuff to fill Raw and SmackDown's time slots for now. Yep. They'll do better numbers. Speaking of numbers, uh, one of the news stories we didn't get to uh, talk about yet. Um, so, so, folks, that, hang on. So, Sorry. folks, that was SmackDown. That was right. Justin, what do you give it? One to ten. One to ten. Uh, I give it, taking into the factors of consideration, I give it a six. Uh, Glenn? Uh, given the factors, yeah, probably a six. Without given that, the maybe. Factors, yeah. I give it a five. Yeah. All right. With- Sorry. Now, we got some new, really uh, some hard hitting news here only on Wrestling Inc. podcast, folks. Justin LeBarbarian, you're up. I'm Morgan. I can't do this. I can't. I can never run the show. I can never steer this. <laughs> I'm horrible. Go ahead. Matt Morgan, AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday did its lowest numbers ever. What were they? Well, again, it's your viewership. I know you don't like that, but um, <laughs> well, give it to me, Matt. Matt, speak. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, nah, no. But well, I can, well, let, let me let All me right, give to this, and then we'll. So AEW Dynamite did six hundred and thirty-three thousand viewers. That's down 18% from the week before. 633,000 compared to NXT, which beat them by about 150,000. NXT did 786,000. Still both are not very good, but let's um, be honest. Lowest for Dynamite. AEW did beat NXT in the 18-49 to 49 demo, but it was the smallest margin uh, so far this year. So... Uh, this was a good week for NXT across the board um, compared to what they to up 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 against AEW. Mm. So, Again, so, yeah. WWE being selfish, instead they should be putting NXT on a different night. AEW could be having double the viewers essentially, right? They could be having 1.5 million viewers. Do you think they would if NXT wasn't on? Glenn, do you know how that works? So, like, some somebody like so us people like us who are. W- watching both shows as as as, as intently as we Does, can. Aren't, yeah, are we giving them both credit? No, yeah. for the no, because get this. Do you know how what? ratings work? Still, it's still no. representative sample sizes. There are Nielsen families. There are people with that the are boxes? essentially with uh, the, they have journals and diaries and boxes. Uh, the boxes to measure what they're watching. They fill out a journal each week. They do cross sampling. Now, cable does provide some actual numbers, but that's factored in. 
to this arbitrary sampling metric, this still isn't one uh, viewer uh, per per measured viewer. How have they not improved that yet? It's 2020. I don't know. I don't know. I agree. Um, and I think, well, you know what's funny about it is the fear is that it could be gamed. Uh, but the funny part is, though, that um, you think there was actually a great movie about this in the 80s, uh, it's a movie with Danny DeVito called The Ratings Game, is that the, oh, the, you think the current – well, it was funny, Matt, because on the current system, the idea was they found all the Nielsen families and they sent them on a cruise – and then they had like mafia guys break into their houses and watch Danny DeVito's character's horrible TV show. So it became <laughs> the highest rated TV show at the time. Uh, and then he got to like create all these other horrible TV shows. It's a very funny movie. Uh, a lot of great spoof shows in there. But that's the thing. It's like there are people that are chosen to make, to represent, you know, I forget what it is. It's I think every Nielsen family represents like a thousand or a few thousand households with their viewing decisions. That's so wild. I don't know. And Antoine Fair saying they don't take into account stream or app numbers uh, either. So it's really it's a very backward system. Now, that being said, you could bet that Fox um, on the Fox app where I watch SmackDown on the West Coast, you could bet that Fox is looking at those numbers. They have their own internal data. Nielsen metrics aren't everything, but they are what advertisers go by. That's a lot of work, though. You're talking about people filling out journals and crap. Yeah. Like, what about those of us that don't? We're not getting credit for watching the show? No, you are not. And uh, that's not an accurate rating, then. Well, that's the TV industry has been upset about this forever, but this is the standard everybody settled on back like 40 years ago. So, Iglan, answer me this. So, they say 786,000 viewers for NXT. You're saying that's 786,000 people that have a box? No, no, no. I'm saying that those numbers yes, are... or fill out a journal, or fill no, out a journal. No, I'm saying that number is actually like 786 Nielsen families that watch the show, and each one of those is worth 1,000 people in the ratings. Uh, what? It's representative. You understood that? You understood that, Justin? Yeah, he's just saying that, like, so if you're, so if you're a person, we just assume that if you're watching, there's 1,000 other people that, that you count for. Was that where the run? Uh-huh. Yeah, and so they take that, and so here's the safeguard against that, okay? So there's the families with the boxes, and that's the super secret stuff. And if you're a family with the box, you're a family with the box for years. You're not, you can't tell anyone or you get kicked out. Like, that's, really? Yeah, that's super secret. Now, the journals, they do the journals, and that's rotated. I've been selected for the journals before. They, I remember back in the 90s, they literally sent me 50 cents, two quarters, to be like, Here's thank you for your participation. And I actually remember saying, if you don't need this money, give it to a child, perhaps. And I was like, oh, that's nice of you. Thanks, Nielsen. And I was supposed to like keep a journal of what I watched that week. So they use that as a safeguard. And then they take the numbers the cable company provides to look at that and sort of that's the grain of salt control group against oh. their data. But then you have DVR ratings that they've included too, though. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know when I was so wrestling, they did with TNA. So what I don't understand is why don't how did we not have it in the year 2020, where if somebody watches it via their phone, watches it uh, uh, somehow on an iPad, uh, any type of uh, surface or TV, that they don't have a little gadget or gimmick that's able to, you know, record. Well, that's what they do for radio. It. 
So with radio, if you think this is funny for TV, don't they just call and have you take a poll? They like do what? that for radio, and the company. And I always say this in my line of work when I'm explaining why podcasts are better than radio. With podcasts, we have hard download numbers, and we have listen stats on everything. We know what we're selling is an, is a pretty accurate number. With radio, they use a company right. called Arbitron. It's got arbitrary right in the name of the company, um, right. and they do a mix of journals, phone polls, and they have something. Um, I think they're still called Word like people hour. meters, but you have this little device that is almost like Shazam. It'll hear whatever is around you that's um, that's radio and pick up what the station is and match it and use that as a measurement tool. <sighs> Which again, back to TV makes me question how how, how does WB get how Damn. does they get their data about like the quarter hour? Oh my god! Can I speak on something much more important? Yeah. I went to the gas station before I started this podcast. I pumped gas and I did not put sanitizer on oh not good like seriously that's the dumbest thing you could possibly do literally the dumbest thing you could possibly you need do. to hose yourself down before wipe, you enter your uh, house wipe down your phone wipe down everything. see that folks i blame the fans i was rushing to make sure i can get back in time <laughs> that's all the news we got Glenn. do we have any other chats or anything well this breaking story about matt oh. morgan and you know uh Yes, do I put my credit card in it? Punched in the numbers. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> I'm the type that was using like gloves for that. You know what I mean? And I didn't even. What was I thinking? <sighs> See what happens when you're campaigning. And your mind's in a thousand different places. True. Uh, Bear Hudson, fifteen dollars super chat. Where does Tessa Blanchard go next? NXT or AEW? Is she too toxic to touch? I think uh, the boys here think it's the last of those three choices. I just, I, I hope, I mean, obviously this is not a good time to be a free agent in the world. So, I mean, I hope that, that she gets something. I don't wish, I don't wish anybody to not have employment or what have you. Have a job. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't see AEW grabbing her right now. I don't think that they're going to view needing her and then maybe, you know, she has had her, her, her headlines in the past that haven't been the best for her. And then with WWE, look, I'll put it this way with WWE. She was a she was a main stunt double in the Fighting for Your Family major Hollywood movie that The Rock was the big producer for about Paige's family. She was so right. Tessa was a major stunt double for a major Hollywood right. movie that has right. The Rock as a producer, and she still doesn't get signed by WWE after that. Zelina Vega is a stunt double; she gets signed. There's a lot of other connections. You're you're on a major film with The Rock, and you don't get picked okay. up by WWE. I, I just you know there's just yeah, but, there. I don't know. It's do you just, know what the difference is though in all of this? Look at everybody that's got something controversial coming out right now. And even if people condemn the controversy, they'll say, yeah, I understand they did this horrible thing, but they were always very professional to work with. They were always very nice to me. That's why we didn't see this coming. With Tessa, you haven't seen that. You haven't been. You haven't heard a lot of like, oh, well, she was really great to work with and professional and got along with everyone. I think that, and I'm not saying, I'm not making light of any of the other stuff that she uh, had made headlines with earlier this year, but it seems to me like it's, getting along with people that is the number one issue that's holding her back yeah if she goes to wb she'd go to nxt and i just don't see triple h guy they 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 had it they had it they, they could have in the past and they didn't i just don't see right now i don't i don't see them needing thinking they need her or necessarily want her right now in nxt i think they got to i think they're they're doing as best they as they need to be right now with nxt with the women yeah Again, I, again, whether it's Japan or something else pops up, I, you know. Again, don't want any wrestler, want any wrestler that can get work to get it. But I, if, but to that question, I just don't see it with AEW or WWE right now. Well, and her contract was up. I mean, Matt, if you were the champion, even with everything going on right now, if you were the champion, and especially if your contract were coming up, 
wouldn't you be thinking, I'm going to film some stuff at home if I can't be there? I'm going to do something of to be course. a part of this TV I show? Get, I think there's got to be way more to this story. Maybe. It has to be. Well, we also Why look impact. not do that? Impact, you know, uh, Impact has gotten some, the, the, the empty arena, some of the shows they've done in this pandemic uh, have been given good feedback in terms of it's been good programming, that they, they have exciting stuff going on. So it's also one of those exciting? things where. Do they really have exciting stuff going on in Impact? But the, 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 the people that watch have, have, have the, the viewership has shown that they have, uh, you know, there's been some interest in what they've been doing. I don't, I don't follow Impact well enough to say, yeah, I can say it's exciting or not. What ratings do they get? I, I don't know. They're on, they're on I don't, Access. I, don't think... I, th- I think they're on Access TV. <laughs> Are they even on TV? Access TV, I think. Um, point being, it, when you take yourself out of the equation like Tessa has, and if she, if she hasn't been there, and if the company feels like they, they're still moving along and they still, have, and they still feel positive about the programming they're putting out there and they're doing it without you, and, and yeah. then that, that, that makes you less valuable. You know, uh, you know the reason why Brock Lesnar the reason why Brock Lesnar can work the schedule he works is because every time he comes back, there's, he bumps the number, he bumps the live gate, he bumps the rating. Uh, so that's why Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar. I, I would argue Tessa Blanchard would not do a Brock Lesnar, but I think the show is much better with her on it than it's not with her with her off. Because I can't name any Impact stars off the top of my head right now. Well, let me ask you a question about that, Matt. Is it you are able to watch WWE programming? You spent more time in, in TNA than you did in WWE. Um, do you think that that's why it's easier for you to watch WWE programming? Do you feel more detached no. from that? No, because the TNA that's there right now is not the one that I was at. That's for damn sure. It's not even close. That's true. I guess because it's we not had, like Dixie's still running things. We had You guys can make jokes. Everyone can make jokes about Dixie all damn day long. Yeah. But that roster from 2007... Mm-hmm. I'd say to 2010, 2011, I'll put it up against WWE's any day of the week at the same time period. It, yeah. it stacked, stacked, stacked. No, the, especially in 09, the roster you guys had in 09 versus what WWE had in 09, yeah, it definitely was, was TNA definitely roster. We, we, had, we, we, had freaking, we were so stacked, we had freaking AJ Styles walk around with the damn, uh, what do you call it, title? The uh, um, Legends Championship title at the time. <laughs> Like, do you know what I mean? Like, good lord, uh, Daniel, two dollars to put in uh, the barbarians buy a new mic fund. He just needs a stand, Daniel. My stand's over here. I just haven't fixed it, people. Why, why can't I hold it? I, I'm, 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 I'm doing it. I'm holding it. What's wrong with this? He's gonna do, do some wanna... crowd work next. So where's everybody from tonight? Huh? You, you on a date? You been together long? <laughs> uh, I, mean, I, I don't need to be hands free. I mean, I, I'll, but I'll put it on a stand eventually. I'll bring the stand back. Duncan Brady, Canadian, five dollars. Is there a way to see fight subscribers to AEW Plus? People five dollars a month. It's the best way to watch for international viewers. I, that's not getting oh. counted in ratings at all. So what I've learned tonight, fans here in the chat room, is that these TV shows are not getting anything close in my opinion to what the accurate viewers are. Seriously, not even. I only think it's. I only think it's remotely accurate. You have to have a box, or you have to write a diary, Glenn. Uh, some people do. That that's the diary is the uh, the balance. What, what am I missing? What's the other way ratings get? Well, locked? so when you know when you have the box, if you have the box, you don't have to write the diary. Okay. Yeah. I don't have a box. Do you guys have a box? No, I don't have a box. I and I couldn't tell if, you if I did. I can't tell you. Yeah. Okay, you guys don't have one. I don't have one. The chat room don't have one. Nobody has one. So these are all people that are not getting logged as viewers. I do not. This this is very inaccurate. No, and let me tell you this. 
Matt, and this is why it should anger you. Let me tell you, my as a pop culture story, ratings in real life are like triple, maybe. No, okay. So let me tell you this. Like, let me give you this example. TV. Why do TV shows in our lifetime get canceled because of low ratings, right? right. So yeah. think about a show that we liked growing up, like It's Your Move with Jason Bateman and right. the Dregs of Humanity episode. Every single person I meet that's our age knows that episode. Watch that, that the show. Grateful Dead? Yes. They watch that oh, show. They love that huge. show. That show got canceled after 19 episodes due to low ratings. Yet every person I meet in our age group knew that show, loved that show, and watched that show. It's true. That was a great All, show. And that was it, a great episode. It was a fantastic, a two-parter. Um, but Justin has no idea what we're talking about. Nope. So young Jason Bateman, his friend Eli, yeah. lost the money to get the band for the school dance. They couldn't afford a band, so they took a bunch of uh, skeletons, skeletons from the bio lab, put clothes on them, uh, dimmed the lights, and worked them like puppets as this band, the Dregs of Humanity. And then they became super popular, and people started like suing them for trashing hotel rooms. Um, like people were giving them offers to go on tour and like play headline shows, and they had to ultimately fake the death of this fake band because it got too popular. Well, yeah, see, yeah, why no, do we, I why, why do I have the Grateful Dead in my head? Because the Grateful Dead Touch of Grey video essentially yeah. stole the concept from this episode. Yeah, okay. no wonder, no wonder it got canceled. Shut Great your mouth, song. Justin. LeBeau. Touch of Grey is a classic. Touch of, Touch of Grey is my favorite Grateful Dead song. Uh, but no wonder it got canceled. <laughs> he, Jason Bateman on Eat Your Move was so fantastic, and the reason why the show was great is. Uh, uh, David Garrison, who went on to be on Married with Children as Steve the Neighbor, he played uh, the neighbor on It's Your Move. It was the same creator as Married with Children. Yes. And he was dating Jason Bateman's mom. And they hated each other. And they were constantly trying to uh, to one-up one another and play tricks on one another. That was the 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 recurring plot on It's Your Move. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. So... His neighbor on It's Your Move. Yes. Real life. No, not in real life on the show. No, on the show. So I, don't remember, I don't remember that part for some reason. So the, there's actually a really, I think it's one of the all-time classic sitcom episodes no one remembers. But they write, like, uh, it's about love letters. And they write fake love letters to each other, Jason Bateman and the neighbor, trying to trick them into going, like, like essentially trying to, like, catfish them to, like, go meet up somewhere. And then these uh, the mom and a girl that likes Jason Bateman actually write letters to him and there's confusion. Is it real? Is it fake? It's a very funny episode. But they had a lot of high concept episodes with these guys butting heads, and it was a lot I like Married knew, with Children. See, I never knew that that was the name of the show. Yeah, At first I used to confuse it with was it Valerie? What was Valerie's the family that was on. Next? Yeah, Valerie then Valerie's family, then the yeah. Hogan family. Yeah, I used to kind of confuse the two. Yeah, it's your move is uh, largely on YouTube. You can find VHS rips. Uh, River Phoenix is in the first episode of Young River Phoenix. I'm going to watch that. Yeah, it's a very, it still holds up. So very, very funny. Uh, Antoine Fair saying uh, with uh, racism and racial issues, there's racializing them too many to hire Tessa. I think even without that, not that that's not a huge deal in the current yeah. climate, but um, yes. yeah, just, and it, as Justin said, they've had every chance to hire her. I mean, she was wrestling NXT matches, the May Young Classic. Um, That's true. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Hall, $2. Where Shane and Bianca, they've disappeared. That is Ooh. true. Uh, well, yeah. Bianca. 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 <laughs> true. 
Well, to be fair, right now, Brandon, you know, the the the, 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 the throw, you know? yeah. So I again, I don't, you know, unless a talent comes out publicly and says they have it, I don't want to speculate of who does and doesn't. But the, we just have to keep it in mind right now. Uh, the, they're they're so handcuffed right now with talent. Yeah. Uh, so Jackson Callens, four ninety nine. Y'all remember when Murder She Wrote was on before Raw? Random, yes, I know, just wrestling memories as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was. And I always remember what would be after Raw. I remember for a time when it was LaFemme Nikita, and they'd be, pr- yeah. and be pushing the LaFemme yeah. Nikita. And yeah. then it was, um, yeah, at one point they had, uh, what was the one where the co- cops were on the bikes? Um, oh, Pacific Blue. Oh, Pacific, Pacific Blue. Blue. Yeah, you know. Nip Tuck. Was it Nip Tuck? Or no, that was on FX. No, Nip Tuck's FX. Yeah. FS FX. Never mind. I only see Law & Order SVU or NCIS anymore right before wrestling comes on. Remember just recently when it was Chrisley Knows Best was on after? Good God. I can't believe it's that coming guy. back. Chrisley oh, Knows Best boy. is coming back. That's I'll tell you what, that, that guy that guy is a walking soundbite. But he's still annoying as hell. Uh Sound Shop Fogs five dollars. Must be windy there, Justin. Windscreen on the mic indoors. Well, I do have it's, a window open here. It's also it's also a pop Happy. filter. And yes, just exactly it helps. I don't want to. To be clear, I've got a pop filter. Got a pop filter on my mic. You have the pop filter. You don't want to pop, yeah. When you're a professional. Now I want to see the difference. Hang on, I want to see the difference. Just do peas with it off, and then put do with it on. Well, but I try to do really well. Like in. I took broadcasting classes, and they try to train you not to have. Okay. Not to pop your peas. To do it, you go. All right. With it off. With it off first. Okay, now do it with it on. I gotta mute this while I put it back on. It's gonna be annoying. Hang on. <laughs> Riveting podcast material. Hang on, go. It's like a 14 year old trying to put a condom aggressively, on. Aggressively go. It's like a 14 year old trying to put a condom on. This is ridiculous. I can't get the thing back on. Heard you the first time, LeVar. Really oh, I just ripped it. Oh. Damn it, Sound Shop Vlog. Now, I just, now my windscreen's gone. Now, I, now, now I he needs pop. the money. Now he needs the money. <laughs> Interesting question from Nate Monroe. The condom broke. Can I just say, hang on, really quick. Can I just say for the record, Justin has never had that experience in real life. I will just throw that out there. But And you all know what I'm talking about. All right, so Nate Monroe, who do y'all think will be the first NXT HOF? Seth Rollins. I was going to say Roman. Or Charlotte. Oh, yeah. I was going to say Roman Reigns. Seth, because he was the first champ. Charlotte, potentially. Um, is there going to be an NXT Hall of Fame, though, Nate? Come on. No, no, no. They're the first NXTer to go into the Hall of Fame. Oh, I apologize. Then, yes, Roman. Well, and right? I think, and this is, I mean, I don't mean this as a negative, but I think Roman has shown such great concern for his health. I could see Roman retiring earlier than the rest of them. Yeah, earlier than the rest of them. Yeah. Now we got to hear his nose breathing. Do you hear him? Hear his nose whistling as it's breathing? This is going to shit. <laughs> Worst Friday night podcast ever for Justin Labar. Uh, MJB in the P2B. What chance would New Jack have in WWE? Can we talk about his name being MJB in the place to be? That's pretty. Oh, yeah, that's a good place to be. I got there. Yeah. Um, what chance would New Jack? What? Where in the world? Guys, what's up with your questions tonight? Come on. That is so random. That's like saying, what do you, how do you think Funaki would fare 
and uh, AEW. Does anybody really care? I'd pay to see that. I would not. I would not. Also, care. New Jack, great wrestler. New Jack City, great movie. New Jack Swing, great style of music. So I don't know why he's asking that, though. Is, he, is there something I'm missing? Um, I don't no. think it would be very good. I don't think it would be entertaining. There you go. I got to give it a serious answer in case that was a serious question. Some of these fan questions tonight, they're opening themselves up to be roasted. They're just I They really, know. truly are. I agree with you. You know what's weird? Speaking of New Jack, I never got that line in Weezer's El Scorcho until like... Wait, what? So, we, you know the band Weezer. What's the hook, though? So I'll know what song El Scorcho, about. it's that... Uh, it's not really... Rep- I'll just play it. It's uh, that uh, maybe I'd be good yeah. for you and you'd be good for me. Play it. Play oh, let me see if I can find it. Hold on. I'm going to find the lyrics. But... Um, it was it was the sing it was the album that was after the one with Buddy Holly the one that at the time oh. was seen like uh, that had hash pipe on it. No, that was the third album after they broke up and got back together. Hmm. Uh, but no, the the lyric "Watching Grunge Leg Drop New Jack Through a Press Table." I didn't realize oh. that was a wrestling reference for the longest time. How about New Jack getting put over in a song? That's pretty cool. You know, Weezer like and Weezer was on top of the world when this song came out. Yeah. All right, let's see if I can play it. We're going to get taken down for this. I don't remember this. Yeah, it was on MTV a lot, like in 96. Like top ten, like there's top ten or something, mm, top twenty, whatever for, it was called. Like briefly, briefly. TRL. I mean, is what I'm saying. No, it was pre-TRL. TRL is pretty over, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Oh, this All right. popular yeah. song, yeah, we get it. Uh, speaking of which, Matt, MTV today did Flashback Friday, showing some old MTV raps, the first season of The Real World, some TRL moments, and the 1999 wow. and 2000 Video Music Awards. That's awesome. That's when the, sh- yeah. that the channel was the best. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think the early '90s were like the first season of the Real World. That was like peak MTV because you had remote control on at the time. You had the Big Picture, MTV Sports. Like Wait, we had remote control on the same time as the first Real World. I think you? the last season of Remote Control was 1991. Really? I'm gonna look it up now. I'm really oh, okay. I thought it was like Let's 1988 see. was the last Remote Control. Let's maybe. see. Oh, 1990. Pardon me. Okay, so December 13th, 1990, it ended. So literally, they missed each other by like three wow. months. Kind of Are crazy. they still doing Real World? They are. It's on Facebook now, not MTV. Mm. Same Why? production company, though. Well, uh, Bonham Murray? Bonham Murray? Yeah, I think rating. And yeah, the people that did uh, Tough Enough. Well, they did the first couple seasons what? of Tough Enough. Why? Wait, really quick. Why? Why is it on Facebook and not MTV? I think MTV just stopped putting in money. What does MTV show now? Uh, that's a good question. 16 Ridic- pregnant? Ridiculousness. Yeah. That's what they play. They still show reality, reality shows, or do they show just? Music they have some. They have some other. They have. I, I watch ridiculousness, so I see commercials for other things. They have some other stuff that's newer that uh, like rich guys and girls at the beach or on yachts or who's cheating with who. It's like the same premise, but they all have different weird names. Oh, one of the episodes they showed today, I DVR today and watch it. The second to last episode of the first season, of the real world. And I apologize. It was the start of 92. Uh, they go to a WWF show. 
in the second to last episode. So I'm gonna gonna watch that, see what happens. Hey, are we gonna get a copyright thing from YouTube for playing that Weezer song? No, they might just. Uh, Raj played like Blinding Lights a million times. Yeah, that's true. They won't take it down. They might just say like, "Hey," because that wasn't as good as my theme song that we played Wednesday, and we didn't get taken down for that. So well, there you go. I think we'll be okay. And Keep if talking not, about it, you're gonna have someone in the chat room. Make sure that it does. You goofs, stop talking about it. They well, don't have the power to do anything. And if you're in the chat room and this gets taken down, if the man tries to ban us because they can't handle all the Weezer we're bringing out Friday night on the Wrestling Inc. podcast in the live chat, you're witnessing history. They will demonetize you. <laughs> they will demonetize you. <laughs> Is that like the softer thing? Not like cancel culture? We just want to demonetize you. We don't want to cancel you. Just demonetize yes. you. On YouTube, that's their big thing. They demonetize. They do demonetize. It sounds like such a harsh word. Uh, what else do we got, guys? That's it. Nothing. Train wreck's That's it. over. Okay. There you have it, folks. <laughs> Broke my mic. <laughs> I'm done. Chat room did that. They owe you, they owe you a new one. Uh, stay tuned to Wrestling Inc. for all the latest news. We're uh, living through a very eventful time in professional wrestling. Wrestling Inc. <laughs> has all the latest stories as they happen, go there to see that full letter from WWE Talent. Um, go there to learn more details about the upcoming Swamp Match. We'll be back here Monday night. Let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Myself, Matt Morgan, and uh, this other guy who does the podcast occasionally. Can't really remember his name, but a uh, nice fellow. I like him. Uh, we'll see you back here Monday night on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. Until then, take care. Woo! Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.